quick one if you'd like to support us on our journey to a thousand please do consider subscribing or following this podcast wherever it is you're listening to this thank you hello hello everybody and welcome to 1000 voices where we are on a mission to interview 1000 inspirational black britons and today we have another very special guest on the podcast desiree came up with the idea for little Oma while she was pregnant And looking around the market and realizing that there weren't any learning materials, any kind of toys that really featured any ethnically diverse characters. In short, she had a vision for children to be able to learn about the different cultures, races, ethnicities of their friends around them to positively shake up the toy industry. And in just under two years, she's managed to do just that. She's been featured all sorts of press outlets and has had all sorts of different celebrity endorsements along the way. And in fact, they've just released their first book, Isaiah's Extraordinary Mum, so make sure to check that out. And what's interesting about this story is that she never aspired to be an entrepreneur growing up. She just had a vision for the sort of world she wanted her son to grow up in and set out to create that. So, without further ado, this is 1000 Voices and here we have Desiree of Little Omo. Hello, hello, Desiree, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, how are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast once again. Like, I really, really appreciate your time um, this afternoon. And I know you've got like a really cool story, and I love what you're doing with your business and everything like that. So, I was really excited to get you on board today. Um, before we start, yeah, um, do you mind for people who may not know who you are, just to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself and um, what you do? Yeah, of course. So, my name's Desiree, and I am the founder of Little Mom, which is an inclusive educational toy brand for children that focuses on teaching all children about diverse cultural representation through like learning materials and toys. And I'm a first time mum to my son, Isaiah, as well. So, yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. Now, yeah, like I said, I really love what you guys are doing in your business. I think it's so cool what it stands for and everything like that. And it's when you when I look at what it is and what it stands for, it sounds it's like such a thing that's um it's been missing, that representation, especially of our kids. Um so yeah, really good. To start things off, yeah, I always like to take it back and you know, just to set a bit of a foundation, talk about upbringing, that kind of thing. With you in particular, with you running your business and you haven't been running it for too long. I think it's been just under two years now, right? And yeah, Two years in September, yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's been under two years and you've been quite successful, you know, quite early on. And um, I'm just interested to know, just looking back at your childhood, did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? No, I didn't. It's funny you actually mentioned this because I was saying to my friend the other day that I remember when I was, you know, in secondary school and like moving on to university and like college and stuff. I literally wanted to be that woman who was in like a nine to five Monday to Friday. I would have like my posh YSL bag and I'd be on the train. Um, that was the kind of lifestyle I wanted. I think, you know, how there's like the American dream. I feel like there's something, you know, in the UK, that dream of just having a great, successful job, having a family, being married, having kids and a beautiful house. And I think that's what I went for. That's always what I just knew I was going to do. And to be honest, I never, ever dreamt of being an entrepreneur. Um, I just saw myself, you know, going into a nine to five and it, it just you know, took a spin and here I am, entrepreneur life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did you see yourself doing those times then? 
So I graduated from fashion design um, back in 2017. Um, but when I was in college and um, sixth form, because I went to college and sixth form, um, I was doing like fashion and IT. So I kind of just saw myself either going into one of those paths, but I went towards fashion. So I assumed that I would, you know, be in the design industry. Um, I later went on to doing styling. So that's what I was actually doing for a little while um, in terms of the kind of e-commerce world in high street and like the luxury brands so that's literally just what I thought I would end up doing and yeah yeah I mean well you did do it for quite a while isn't it though, before you start your business now yeah, I did, um, yeah. with the the fashion aspect so with the styling work you're doing uh, how was that experience and do you feel like that's helped you with your business right now as well I would say the experience was it, it was very full-on so in a way maybe it's kind of similar to entrepreneurship because when you're styling, you're not, it's not really a nine to five. Like you could be doing music videos, you could be doing celebrities. Um, obviously when you're doing like e-commerce, like brands like ASOS or Matches Fashion, it's more of a nine to five. But where you're stepping out of that and there's more celebrities and, you know, it might be, you know, going abroad or something, there isn't really a time limit because it's until it's done or until everything's perfect. Um, I would say what I gained from that was probably how full on it was. And I feel like that is the same with entrepreneurship. I think a lot of people see it as being glamorous, um, but because it's, you know, my business, I kind of don't stop, you know? I know where I wanna see my business. So I'm just like, I'm gonna keep on working, keep on working. Compared to a nine to five, you can kind of switch off because it's not your business, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. for sure. For sure. And, I, you know, I sort of feel that in everything we do, basically who we are now is just a sum total of all the experiences we've been through prior. And 100%. yeah, and with what you're doing right now, your business or everything you're working on now, um, I feel and I always feel like there's synergies in some way, shape or form looking back at your past and things that you may have picked up, whether consciously or unconsciously that you've yeah. taken forward, you know, that have helped you out. And when I look at, for example, Little Omar, when I look at the Insta page, yeah. And like it's, it's laid out very nicely, you know, actually clear brand colors, everything like <laughs> yeah. that. Like it looks good. It looks good. And I'm like, okay, I can see the fashion. I can see the yeah, fashion. That's, and I think that's where I remember when I first launched, I said to myself, like, I know what kind of clothes I like. I know what kind of things I like generally. And obviously we're in this world, this millennial world now where everyone wants to have things in their home or around their children or let's say a wedding or when they go for dinner they want it to be aesthetically pleasing like that's the kind of world we're in at the moment so for me I kind of mixed both in so I made sure it was really pleasing to the eye for adults because it's not the children buying it it's the adults and then they're passing it to their kids so I'm like let me allow the adults to be in love with the product but it's also a product that's really needed for their children you know yeah yeah and you know what that's that's a very entrepreneurial way of looking at things as well so when when it comes to like children's products for example of course i mean you know well i guess you can market to the children but then when they're like as young as like maybe toddler age you know you're not necessarily exactly. marketing directly to them you're marketing to the adult so it's like okay you gotta make it pleasing yeah. to the adult so that they want to buy it for the children but also <laughs> yeah. good for the children at the same time 100%. um is that something you've like had consciously in mind like when you yeah, that's, that's always been in my mind. I just think of myself as a parent and, you know, my friends around me. Then I think about the people who might not be looking for that, but making sure that the products that I'm creating is not just a product, but there's a meaning behind it. So I think that is something that I put in mind because like you said, 
it's not even if it was a seven-year-old child they might pick something up and be like oh I want this and they're able to conversate but at the same time it's a decision of the parent who's going to then purchase that you don't have a seven-year-old that's going to you know walk into like Smith Toys or you know Hamleys and like just buy it and be by themselves their parents are going to be the one who are going to make that final decision yeah yeah for sure all right so with the fashion so you've done fashion for a while and you yeah. stopped the fashion and then yeah. went into I don't know if you're still doing a bit of it you know right now on the side of your business maybe not because the business is very full on but you've done yeah. the fashion for a while you stopped and you've gone into running your business now yeah. that period in between when you stopped the fashion can you talk on first what why you stopped the fashion and then before you started the business what that period was like as well Okay, so I don't think I've actually mentioned this anywhere, but I was working at a, I wouldn't say fashion brand, they were kind of a wholesaler, um, but there was buyers, there was designers, people on the styling team, so I was a lead stylist there, um, and they basically uh, work with brands, you know, like big high street brands, Mothercare's closed down now, but Matalan, Topshop, Topman, they've also closed down, and I was basically doing the styling um, for the photo shoots that would be in the windows, so you know when you go to, let's say, Zara, and you've got the graphics outside, and the models, like, modelling in the actual photos, so not the mannequins, I would be styling you know those models and that's what I was doing for a long time and basically I fell pregnant in April of 2019 I was actually made redundant in September mm. of 2019 so this is actually where fashion stopped for me it wasn't actually it wasn't actually me who stopped it so I just feel like somehow somewhere you know I fell pregnant and I don't know God was like this is what Desiree is going to do next so um, I was made redundant in September of 2019 I was maybe seven months pregnant or so. And then I was just like, what am I gonna do? So I then continued styling until I was about eight and a half months pregnant. And then I had my son in January of 2020. And then I basically had this idea. I had this idea from when I was pregnant, little or more. So then I said, you know what? I'm gonna see what happens. The pandemic wasn't here yet. So I was just like, okay, let's, let's go. Pandemic came and I said, I'm gonna do it. I didn't tell anyone, no one knew about this idea. So. I was literally at my mum's house doing all these sketches, all these designs um, while my son was like a month, two months old. And then I think it got to end of August of the month before I launched. And I just showed my mum and dad and said, this is what I'm going to do. My dad understood because he's from, my dad's a UX designer and mm. he works for an investment bank. And then my mum was just like, I don't know what this is, but okay. Um, and then I launched in September and honestly, a month later, everyone was like, wow, like, what is this? And I had so so much support from my friends, two friends in particular. And they were like, Desiree, this is going to blow. Like, you don't see it now, but that's what's going to happen. So that's basically how the fashion stopped. It wasn't intentional. So yeah. yeah. And what was it about when you're pregnant that motivated you to even want to start working on this business? I think it was the fact of the fact that I'm a black woman, then going to be a black mother. And obviously I don't know if I was having a son or a daughter because I waited till birth, but I just thought bringing a child into this world who's a person of color and me being black and knowing how life has been for me, the racism and you know the discrimination that I faced, I just thought, how am I gonna bring a child into this world with, a lack of representation of products. It was actually while I was pregnant that I was actually gifted some flashcards from a friend. And the flashcards literally only had 
it, it didn't even have any um, uh, characters, ethnic characters in the pack. It was just white characters predominantly. And I just said to myself, okay, this is not going to run. Went to Amazon, typed in flashcards for black children and really embarrassing. It came up with a Batman outfit and gloves. Mm. And I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm not going to let another mother in six months time go to Amazon, type that in and see the same thing. Because when I saw it, it was very uncomfortable and it was just disgusting, especially coming from a business, a business that's so big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this highlights like a massive lack of representation, you know, and it's, impo it's, it's important because you don't want um, your child look, growing up and only ever seeing like basically white faces everywhere. We live Not in a multicultural world. I keep saying it like we live in such a multicultural world. When you and I look in the mirror, we can see how beautiful our hair is, you know, our eyes, our legs, all different parts of our body. And this should kind of be you know, the same thing when a child goes into a toy store or into the library or your local Tesco and Morrison's and your Asda, they should be able to see books there where they're like, oh, that child has curly hair like me or that child looks like my cousin, you know? There should be that representation there. For sure. It's quite startling when you think about it, yeah, like how, how undiverse some spaces are. In, in 2022, in the world we live in now, with Britain's super multicultural. The world is very multicultural. It's globalized world. Everyone's traveling everywhere. But yeah. in something as simple as children's flashcards and toys and puzzles or whatnot. All of that kind of stuff, yeah. There's nothing you like. And you think, wow. Do you, I don't know if you saw on social media where there's this guy who drew, um, designed a picture of a yeah. with a black baby. Yes. And then he got a lot of stick for it. And then also, but then you look at it you're like, wow, I've never seen this before. You didn't even register. It's like, it, wow. it doesn't register to you because it's, I'm sure, remember when we were back in secondary school and you have the science books, you don't think, oh, why is it never, it's just the norm that it was always a white woman that was pregnant or if there was a broken arm, it was always a white man or a white baby. It wasn't something that we ever thought about. And it's crazy to think that, even, and I know a lot of people say, you know, the Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate was the reason that, you know, they became more diverse, like buying more diverse products in their home. But we've been a multicultural world for a very long time. Yep. It's not since Black Lives Matter. It's not since Stop Asian Hate. It's way before that, you know, there were many, um, what was I going to say, the word, um, interracial couples before this happened. You know, so there's no reason for people to say, oh, I didn't know, you know, that I should have had more um, books that represented other cultures. Just because I'm black, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have a book that speaks on a child that's from a Sikh um, family in my home. I want to teach my child about everything. So De important. Definitely. I feel that that kind of learning helps us as well, just to from childhood, you know, learning about different cultures. Because, you know, um, you know, you learn about someone. It's that people sort of maybe might look towards things they don't understand and think a certain thing or fear a certain thing they don't understand or whatever. But if you learn about something, learn about the culture, learn about people, learn about their food, music, country, whatever, all that kind of thing, you learn to appreciate it. You learn to think, OK, wow, these people, they're not wherever, you know, wherever someone's telling me they are. They're cool people. They have a rich culture. They have this, they have that. And it can help to get rid of all of these ingrained in, um, what do you call them, like, um, what, like thoughts or biases, unconscious biases right. or whatnot. Yeah. Those kind of things, though. Just by simple learnings, learning about different yeah. cultures and people. So representation in all areas is definitely very important. Uh, did you see the the channel, was it Channel 4, when they done the, the Black, I don't even know what they called it, the Black Day, basically. Like when they had, basically for like a whole day, it was all yeah. Black people on TV, basically. So they had like all the mm. news. Yeah, it was, when was it? Probably oh, 
yeah, it wasn't. You know what's funny? I know what you're talking about. It was um on Channel Four and yeah. it was different programs. Yeah. You know what I thought was very weird, very weird about that for me because I feel like the media a lot of the time when they focus on things to do with black individuals, it's normally during Black History Month. But I felt like that wasn't really promoted because I remember watching it and I says, "What's going on? Like, what's happening?" Because I just know the media to tend to focus on you know black celebrities, actors. Um, people that are doing very well during Black History Month. So it was very weird for me to see that because I've never seen that happen before. So yeah, I remember what you're talking about now. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Black History Month or not. That particular day, I can't remember. And I can't remember the exact name, but like the Black Day, whatever they called it. But it was quite cool. And you saw like all sorts of daytime TV, yeah, because I never, I never watched daytime TV basically. But then that's the well, first day in I don't even know how many years I've sat down and watching daytime TV, see like home improvement shows. And um, yeah what's it goggle box and all them kind of things there but it was all yeah, black people yeah and i'm what i'm like raw like home improvement show with <laughs> like black people so much black on the tv <laughs> but you know it don't even register it's like raw yeah black people like to do their homes up as well you know <laughs> why don't we see them there like a startling lack of representation it's like when you see it and you clock wow okay yeah i've never seen this before which is crazy um but yeah that's nuts man definitely need more representation across all sorts of different areas Taking it back to your business here, how does one even start a business like yours? Like, if I wanted to start up, I don't know, a clothing line, I know what steps I'd need to take to do that. To start up a children's, what do you call it, like learning materials and toys? Yeah, I and say, yeah. How, how do you start that? I would say you, I, you first have to, two things I would say you would have to start with is research and not even research into the products research into your ethos like what you want to do a lot of brands you can see out there Nike, Adidas, Zara, um, Hamleys these are the big ones I'm thinking about you can tell already what their ethos is ethos is just by looking at the brands already knowing what they're doing what kind of style they're going for what kind of products they're selling so I think it's about knowing what you want to do and the long-term goal as well um, and I think that also comes into the name of your business as well I think a lot of people sell themselves short by let's say for instance if they're a toy brand by putting education there next to it but that's not needed you know and um, for instance with Little Omar I could decide tomorrow I want to do clothes for children you know but it's not limited because of the name I've got um, I think another thing is to have do a customer profile I think customer profile is very important so I have like three customer profiles one's a parent one's a relative and one is just general people so that's kind of knowing who your customers are because if you don't know who your customers are your business is not going to sell let's just be honest um, and the third thing I did say too the third thing um, which I do every month is a SWOT analysis so that is strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats and that's basically it's just really simple your strengths as a business uh, your weaknesses you know places where you know you might not be doing as well opportunities you know what's out there what can you push yourself to do for instance when I started Little Omar you know um, I was doing wholesale bit by bit but then this year it's transformed that we're now in America Canada and Australia um, for the next few months my biggest um, things to do is like partnerships getting into a lot more stores and retailers so that's something to do every month so it's kind of like an audit in a way for yourself so yeah Mm, mm. those are kind of my tips i think once you've started that then you can kind of push to what kind of products you want to do later and how did you even learn all of this was it like a google search 
you know what if I'm honest it, it wasn't I think it's my um degree fashion because I graduated in fashion design so when I finished I did a six-piece collection and we had to research a lot we had to research fabric we had to research um designers you know like um Balenciaga a lot of people love the Balenciaga of today but we had to you know the archives and stuff like that that's what we had to research so I'm just really good at that in terms of keywords um you know brainstorming vision boards mood boards all of that kind of stuff and I think that's what translated into Little One More I kind of saw it as how I did my you know final collection in my last year of uni yeah yeah all right that's really cool it's really cool. And with Little Omar, yeah, there's this, you have a focus on sustainability. So you have like the the, the wrapping paper is um, like recy- recyclable and all yeah. of that and all sorts of stuff. You know, I think, you know, no plastics, I think it was using the the actual, the actual, you know, what's it, the toys or the products and that. Yeah, they're all, so our puzzles are all handmade. All of our products are handmade in the UK. I'm a big support of UK manufacturers and suppliers. I think especially when it comes to children's products, you have to be so careful. Um, so that's the reason why I made sure they were all made here in the UK. Of course, China, um, a lot of it's a lot cheaper, but I think it's just nice to be able to call someone at 9am who's your supplier, have that conversation um, if something's, you know, maybe missing or damaged you can speak to them about it and obviously my supplier as well they've they handle children's products a lot of the time because they supply it to like nurseries and primary schools worldwide so i just knew that i was with the right company that's sick that's sick startup wise when you started the business did you need a lot of startup capital was there any kind of constraints that made it difficult to start so i actually had a thousand pounds saved (laughs) and that's all I used, literally. Um, I started off with the flashcards and I think the flashcards, I ordered 50. Because obviously, you know, if you order more, it works out less unit price. Yeah. But when I first started, I, I know nothing about business. I will tell you till this day, there's still things like, this is so embarrassing, mm. but something that I'm trying to work on now is I really want to do a seed, seed funding. And I don't know anything about it, but I know that's somewhere where I want to get to. Um, but when I started, I was just like, I don't, know anything but I'm gonna order 50 and see how it goes and then within I think I launched on the 4th or the 3rd of September October it was all done I ordered two sets so 50 50 of each product it was finished and I think unit price was literally about seven pounds it was expensive and I basically made money back from that and I've never invested in the business again literally Mm. everything that I've made has just come in I've not had to put a penny back in and I'm actually surprised because I was like well Desiree you've done well for someone that doesn't know anything about business kind of like you know just run with it so yeah oh, that's it's all been organic growth and that's it's good it's, I yeah. guess it's safe, the safest way to grow to be honest um I mean on the seed funding part anyway to be honest here yeah, I feel that a lot of people that get into you might, you might have some that know every single term in the book or whatever um but you got a lot of people you kind of you learn a lot by doing to be fair, I think I don't think you can learn know every single little thing before you get into it. And it might be some things you look, you might look and say, "Oh, right, maybe I should know this." But you, you learn, <laughs> you learn, you, yeah, you, live, you live and you learn, you experience and you learn. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, definitely along the way. And the right people will come along as well. You can research and meet the right people that can help you and put you in the right direction with these kind of things as well. Um, with your business here, so you've been running it not too long, like you mentioned before. Uh, yeah under two years it'll be two years in September yeah. so it's, it's well under yes. two years to be fair actually um and you've yeah. been you've been quite very very successful you know a lot of press features 
Um, the business yes. seems to be doing very well. I saw on your Insta, you done your had your largest wholesale order recently as well. And yes, yeah, in America. Yeah, all sorts of things. Like it's been been a roller coaster two years, but a very good, you know, very good for your business two years. What would you say has been the key to your expansion? I would. Oh, wow, no one's ever asked me that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> or like maybe not the key but that some things that have helped you then along the I way I think what you said earlier is the branding because I think I don't know I think it's a branding I think it's the colours I think it's maybe myself being but I guess there's a lot of toy brands out there I think it's you know being a mother um, I think it's products that are needed it's not just I'm creating I don't know a car and that's it you know, there's meaning behind the product that I've created. So I would say that and also the branding. And I think just being very, you know, upfront and, you know, personal with my customers, with my followers, you know, showing my face at the beginning, I didn't really want to let people know who I was. And I just kept posting and posting. And after a while, people were like, I would just love to see the face behind the brand. And that's what I've done, you know, showed them myself, showed my desire you know to certain extents because I still protect him he's my son as well as I've got a toy brand and and people want to see him a lot I still have to protect him you know so yeah I would say those two things so branding and definitely um the meaning behind the products yeah yeah it, it resonates anyways because there's uh there's a book you know start with why by Simon what's it called start with why is it um Simon Sinek. Why does that sound familiar? He's, it's a popular book and he's got like a very popular TED talk and all that as well. So you've probably seen it around or something like that, but it's so good. I highly recommend it. And I mean, I listened to the audio book for, I didn't necessarily read it, but proper good, proper good. And, Do you um, prefer audio books to books? I like both. It depends what I'm doing. You know what? I, I, I don't know if it's because I've got my son, but I find that I can never have time to read, so... I don't know. You know what? Because I'm still working my nine to five now. So I do my reading on my commute, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, if I'm at home, yeah, it's difficult to find time. Yeah. Audio books. <laughs> yeah. Audio book, I do it if I'm in the gym or if I'm running or something like that. Then I'll just put it on and I listen like that. Oh. So, yeah, that, I do both. It just depends literally on what I'm doing. What you're doing, yeah. Yeah. And we have to start with Y book. Yeah. So sick. Like, I highly recommend it. Or even just a TED talk. It's like 15, 20 minutes. And what he talks about, yeah, yeah is that the most successful businesses start, they communicate, first of all, talking about the why behind what they do and not necessarily about what they do. So he uses yes. quite a few examples. He talks about Apple versus like Dell, for example. He'll be like, Apple can expand or move into loads of different product verticals. They can do phones, they can do um, iPods, they can do computers or whatever. But it's because they communicate with why. Okay, we like to challenge the status quo. We so happen to sell computers as well. Do you want to buy one? Whereas yes. if Dell wanted to make an MP3 player, you're going to look and be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about that no, one there. Yeah. And even he talks, no, like, he uses like Martin Luther King as an example and be like, Martin Luther King, he, said, he says, um, he said, I have a dream, not have a plan. You know, he's telling people yeah. about what he believes, his why. And then yeah. people resonate with that. So I think that's probably what it is. It's because it stands for something, basically, your business. Not like just a for profit. It stands for something. It has a deeper meaning. Yeah. But I think people just latch on to stuff like that definitely have um, to send me that um name later i'll research it up yeah, yeah i'll send it over when we come off definitely yeah and has the press coverage been quite organic as well then yeah so the press coverage i do have someone that does um pr for me but a lot of the time it's not anything obviously i pay her as a service but in terms of 
um, her reaching out, it's organic. It's, you know, it's not, you know, advertisement where she has to pay them. Um, she'll send out a press release and they'll decide if they want to feature me or not. And I think a lot of the time, what it is, the reason why they do feature is because it's something that's so different. And I think it just has a meaning behind it. And it's been fantastic. It's great for, you know, brand credibility and, you know, customers seeing that, you know, when I've been at exhibitions and things like that, people are like, oh, that's fantastic, you know, that you've been on ITV or you've been in this article featured and you're having a conversation. Um, because now in a way, for me, obviously coming from a fashion background, I don't like to give too much advice in terms of the early year sector because I'm not an expert there. I'm an expert in what I'm creating. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm an expert in being a mother, but I can, you know, share my experiences. But when it does come to diversity and stuff, I do like to um, say I'm what coming there to being somewhat of an expert because I have quite a little bit of knowledge into what I'm doing and the products I'm creating as well. Yeah, yeah, that's real cool. And what's the reception been like from people, particularly non-black people and um, other like maybe professional bodies like, you know, schools or shops and that kind of thing as well? So I would love to tell you about an experience. So I'll tell you one with a black person, which you didn't ask for, which you'll probably be shocked by, is that I had a lady about, maybe it was last year, actually, maybe October, November. And she said that my products had two, like, I needed to get rid of some of the black characters and it was too much. Rough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was so confused. And um, she said, I need to, to bring white children into it and other children. And the thing that people don't understand is that I've only been running for under two years, like we keep saying, and I've got a plan and there's other things that I would like to, you know, bring out that of, of course will be inclusive. I've got a book launching next month and there's so many different people, um, characters in the book with disabilities and it's very inclusive. Um, but that was very shocking to me because I think as a black individual, someone from, someone from an ethnic background, you know that we've not been represented. So it's not me creating little more just for black and brown children, but for all children to learn. So that's from a black customer, but from a non-black um, customer or individual, I've it's been fantastic. A lot of them have just said, you know, um, it's helped their kids, it's helped them as an adult or as a parent, because this is something they didn't have growing up. They might have had one black doll, but they're more open to purchasing more of these products into their homes because their children are around these characters or, or toys or skin complexions that's in their home at nurseries or primary schools. Um, so that's from a non-black individual. Professionals, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, people are just taking it so well. And just the, the support, advice, um, feedback. Um, someone who's been absolutely absolutely amazing is the Black Nursery Manager. I don't know if you've heard of her, Liz Pemberton. Yeah, I've heard of her, yeah. She's just fantastic. Um, there's been some stuff going on recently in terms of what well, the Telegraph wrote on her, which is absolutely rubbish. Um, she's doing amazing work within the early years sector, just in general in the UK. Um, and she's just been in so much support of me since I launched Little One More and just sharing the business and, you know, learning from her as well through her Instagram, through her as an individual has been absolutely amazing. So big up, Liz. Big up, Liz. That's so cool. Uh, how do you balance motherhood and running the business? I can't tell you. I, don't. <laughs> I, I think I'm a robot. I think I'm a robot. Um, how do I balance 
I would say my mum and dad, honestly, because for instance, this weekend, this week, I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm in Birmingham for the baby show in NEC Birmingham. And they're looking after him. And I've got someone in my team who's just joined who were going down there. But if I didn't have my mum and dad around, I don't know how I'd do it. So they have been a big support. Also him being in nursery three, three days a week helps me to, you know, pack orders, have those meetings and things like that. Obviously have conversations with your self um but i i think it's just when he's with me i do work but i tend to not overdo it you know and i think when it got to the point that i realized i was overdoing it that's when i decided to hire someone into my team and that's even been a bit of a struggle i've hired since i've launched maybe four people and they haven't been great and i finally found someone who actually ended up being someone i worked with in the place that i got made redundant so she works with me part-time so that's been amazing so yeah real cool and what does a typical day look for you like look like for you now um waking up in the morning dropping my son to nursery coming home doing some orders packing um, writing my goals for the year, looking back at the goals um, that I've made and saying to myself, I don't actually create vision boards. I just write down, write a lot of things down that I want to do. So just looking back on that, you know, looking at the reports and things like that, meetings, and then kind of just brainstorming. And sometimes, obviously, aside from that, I do like freelance web design as well. So I tend to do that for like small businesses. So that's something I tend to do on the side with the business. So yeah. It sounds like a lot to pack into a day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for any other people that are wanting to start any kind of an entrepreneurial venture? What sort of advice would you give them? I would say to, and this sounds so silly because everyone does things for money, but I think don't let money be your number one. Really be passionate. And that word, you know, you hear it all the time but really be passionate about what you're doing. Because I find that when I'm having conversations with people, interviews, podcasts, podcasts, whatever it might be, and I'm talking about little or more, I get goosebumps every time because of how important it is to me, how much I want to make a change. And when you are you know, launching your business or starting your business, whether you're in the middle or wherever you are at, you should be able to get that feeling of like, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And that's the thing that you should have at the start of the business while you're writing your ideas down. I think another thing is to not give up. Even if you, know, you might not get sales one day, it's fine. You know, I've had moments that I've not had sales for a week, but then you know, a few days later, 20, 30 orders comes through. So don't always, like that's my main thing don't always think about money think about you know where your business is going to go long term because just a lot of businesses some businesses don't make you know big profit till 10 years later or five years later so don't focus on that focus on the goal and the long-term kind of achievement and where you're going to be later on yeah, yeah, definitely. And when you talk about you getting goosebumps when you talk about your business, I can see I can see how excited you get. And I'm so passionate. Yeah. Um, every time I say it, after I finish like having a long conversation, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just passionate about what you know what I'm doing, and that's I just love it. And I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. And it's funny because I would have never thought, you know, back you know doing fashion and doing IT that this is where God placed me to be. I just never could have seen it. So yeah, yeah. On um, what well, what's the ultimate goal for Little Amor? Hmm. There is a goal. Um, if you don't mind sharing. 
that is, okay. by the way. So I would ideally like to, in the next maybe five years or in a couple of years, um, have a big kind of toy brand to maybe look into license Little Mo as a toy. So you know that how you've got Disney and uh, Mattel and all of those kind of things kind of sitting in that area where it's just worldwide because at the moment it's, you know, going into retailers and things like that, which is fantastic. But I kind of want it to be global. Um, so a licensed toy company. And I just think there isn't, you know, when you look at Disney, when you look at Lego and Barbie and things like that, there aren't any brands that, you know, predominantly focus on diversity and representation. You know, they do it in the skin, skin complexions and stuff, mm. but they don't in the learning materials and toys so I think that's one of the goals um I'm not really big on having a store so that's not a goal at all but I would say definitely just to be um a global um licensed company one day so yeah cool that's it all right and on your journey so far it's been a year and almost a year and a half just over a year and a half what would you say has been the highest high and the lowest low the highest high has been America because um, my products were in Disneyland, California. So that's been Ooh, nice. So it's been there since last year. Um, that was my biggest wholesale of this year. Well, I don't know, actually, because we've still got a couple months to go. Um, and then also I'm going to be in a really big retailer um, this year, which I can't announce yet. It's confirmed, mm. but I you know, jinx it just in case. Yeah. Um, been confirmed, which I'm super excited about. And just to think that I did this by myself is absolutely amazing. I would say the low of it is is that it gets really lonely sometimes because it's just you. You know, you're not. I, I'm not a Gymshark or I'm not misguided or Pretty Little Sin or any of these at Hamleys or, you know, Disney where they've got a full team and the CEO or founder is just, you know, not relaxing, maybe having meetings and there's loads of people there who can, you know, run ideas by, but it's just me and myself. So, you know, from the business to creative to marketing to the website, all of that kind of stuff, it's just me. And obviously I've got someone new on my team, but it's just, it gets very lonely and sometimes... I have to step back and just relax and be, you know, around family or friends and then recoup and come back into, you know, the day-to-day of running the business. So, yeah, that would be the low. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people, um, especially business owners, that it can get lonely when you're running, when you're running it by yourself and you've got, you know, people around you like that all the time. So definitely good to find ways in which to, to connect with people, you know, so you don't, that doesn't consume you too much, that feeling of loneliness. All right, so last question before we get in some quickfire questions. Yes. On a personal level, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm, look at all these questions. <laughs> I feel so nervous. <laughs> My legacy. I just want to know that I helped. I, I, I really do feel like I had, I've got a calling to specifically help children because I've always wanted to work around children, but I just know that that, sector has never been you know the biggest amount of money that comes out of it but I think I just want to be able to make a difference and an impact to be like she created something she created a brand that is helping children of this existing of of the now and the future generation because I feel like we live in like we keep saying a multicultural world but we also live in a world that's very 
that people are very discriminating to others and it's also very racist at times and I just want to know that maybe one or two of my products helped a child to help a parent to raise an anti-racist child you know I just want my products to be able to raise kind children that's it really just cool. want to make it that's it that's it that's it <laughs> Yeah. Heard it yourself, people. That's it. All right. Yes. Let's go into quick fire. Yeah? Okay. So I've got a few questions here. Whatever comes to your head first, just shout it out. <laughs> and yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you Let's good go. to go? All right. Yes. Cool. Question one. What's your favorite movie? Matilda. Cool. All right. Next. What's your favorite book? Oh, what's that book by that guy? Um, it's White and Gold. The book by that guy, I don't know. <laughs> Which oh. guy? Um, oh my gosh, I don't know his name. That oh, I don't good. remember. Don't remember. You can let me know later. I've actually put in my house, yeah. <laughs> cool. Really bad. Name a song that you can never get bored of. Um, she Don't by Ella May and Ty Dollar Sign. Cool. Yeah. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would you pick? TGIs, I'll give you the whole listen. The um chicken wings, the chicken strips, sweet potatoes, and a mojito. <laughs> cool. All right. Next, how do you start your day? With my son. Right. Name three people that inspire you. My son, my mum, and my dad. And my brother. Can I say my brother as a fourth person? Okay, we can make it four. All right. What's the best advice you've ever received? Never give up. If you were to dedicate the rest of your life to one charitable cause, what would you pick? Do you mean the actual charity or what it would be based around? What would be based around? Children. Cool. Uh, last two. What's the kindest thing that someone's ever done for you? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm much of a doer, so... I don't really feel like people... Wait, hold on, let me think. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say giving me food because I love food, but that's not really a kind thing, is it? That's just... Is that kind? Well, yeah, we, we can talk that down, giving food. Yeah. We that sounds food. bad. No. If any of my friends are watching, you need to do <laughs> Cool. Uh, and last one. What's one thing people don't know about you? I get very nervous speaking around people that I don't know, but in front of people that I do know, I'm very, very comfortable. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. All right. That's that, man. Wrapped up. 1,000 voices done. Oh, yeah. You were good. Amazing. You were Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so got... nervous. <laughs> nah, you're good. I didn't, I didn't hear nervousness anyways. And when you talk about little almonds or anyways, I feel like you're, you're just good anyways. You just, yeah. you just talk and you're good. I don't, I don't feel or see any nerves personally, yeah. so... It's all good, man. It's all good. Thank Have you got anything you want to say just to wrap up? Well, to any entrepreneurs out there or anyone thinking of having a business, um, you know, don't give up. Don't think that you can't do it. Just, you know, plan, have a vision, have a goal and, you know, just keep it stepping. Keep going. Believe in yourself. That's it. That's it. And where can people keep up to date with yourself or Little Omar as well? <laughs> So you can follow me, 
my personal account where I just share a lot of things business-wise, which I'm going to be doing lately, at Desiree Tuolade. So that's D-E-S-R-I-E-E-T-I-W-A-L-A-D-E. And then at Little One More, L-I-T-T-L-E-O-M-O underscore. And obviously, if you want to look at some products, you can go to www.littlewarmore.com. So, yeah. All right, cool. And people definitely check out the website. Definitely check out the business. It's really cool. And I love what they stand for. So yeah, that's that. So thank you once again for coming to the podcast, Desiree. Really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. So that's that, people. That was Desiree. This is 1000 Voices. And for now, we're out. Okay, that was that. As always, thank you for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. And if you haven't already, please do consider subscribing to us or following us wherever you're listening to this right now. It really does help us in trying to amplify the voices of the people that we speak to. Also, what did you think about this episode? What did you gain from this episode? What were some of your key takeaways from this conversation? As always, it's always great to hear from you guys. So leave a comment, leave a review wherever you're listening to this right now. Let us know what you thought about this. The next podcast episode is going to be dropping next week, Tuesday, as they release every single Tuesday. So if you'd like to see some previews, a few little snippets from that, then follow us on our social media pages at 1000 Voices UK so that you can keep up to date with that before it comes out. The full YouTube video will drop a few days afterwards as well. So keep an eye out for that. But that's that for now. Thank you for tuning in. This is 1000 Voices. And for now, people, we're out.